Welcome to the Divine Hustle Podcast. In today's episode, we have a special guest, Weston Hill, talking about where to start fathering forward and how his athletic career took a turn for the best in this episode. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Divine Hustle Podcast, where pursuing your God-given greatness in your faith, business, and relationships is what matters. Let's get into the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Divine Hustle Podcast. In uh, these podcasts, we talk about finding and pursuing your God-given greatness in your faith, in your relationships, in your business and creativity. And today is something really exciting because we have a special guest, good friend of mine, the one and only Weston Hill. Let's go. What's up, bro? Hey, good morning. Hey, we. Is this the first morning session you've ever had? This is the first morning session I've ever had in, in, on here in Divine Hustle throughout Love it. all the history of Divine Hustle. Actually, I really enjoy it because I'm a morning person. Yeah. So, like, I get, like, fired up in the morning. I, like, get in my devos. I get in, you know, my my uh, uh, meditation time. And I'm, like, fired up, ready ready to put it somewhere, you know, into work and stuff. But then it's like, man, where does this all, all, all this energy go? And exactly. Stuff. And a lot of people will be like, you know, just waking up. You know, I'm just trying to get to the gym. But I'm like, dude, I love my mornings. Hey, I, first you know, bird that gets up. Gets Guess, fed. Yeah, so there you go. It. That's, that's it. what's up, bro. I know you say early bird gets swarm. I, I had to <laughs> twist it up just a little bit enough to put my my twist on it. Yeah, but. bro. We are so excited to have you on the podcast and yeah. the show, man, because we've been, I mean, I've been following your, your journey since we moved here and since, yeah. since we've seen you on stage. You, you're known to be uh, the worship leader at City Light Church, but also behind all that, you're a father of three, yeah. a husband you know your yeah, uh, kids could have kids right <laughs> oh man no i'm 29 years old i'll be i'll be 30 soon so okay okay getting up there yeah and you're just killer at what you do at your workplace and but most importantly man you're hitting that gym yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know right I but know, you, <laughs> you've maybe? encouraged you've encouraged how many people on church just to, to yeah. show up at get you know healthy, yeah. and get healthy I, I need to jump on that train soon definitely man but um we absolutely love the fact that you're here that you know we're gonna get to talk about a lot of things and get to know you a bit on a deeper level but also um figure out or, or kind of bring the lens, put the lens on that you look through life and and how you see the world as a father, you know, as a worshiper, and and that's really exciting for for us to hear. So thank you for being on the show, and I would just love to get into it about about your story, like what what's your yeah. journey look like? Twenty nine years, like how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, story still being written, right? But uh, for me, it all it all starts from the beginning. Uh, my mother was the foundation of my family because my father was never around. I actually didn't meet my father until I was 19 years old. So my mom tells a story. She actually, um, we're coming up on her uh, year anniversary of her no longer being with us. She's in heaven. Yes, she is. Um, but with breast that being love. said, yeah, for sure. Uh, breast cancer, battled it for 15 years. Wow. Stage four. 15 amazing, years. Yeah, amazing miracles. Ooh. Um, you know, they gave her three to six weeks to live and she lived another almost five years after that. So God wow. has just been all over my family's life. But from the beginning, my mom would tell a story of, of how it cut her so deep when I first realized that I didn't have a dad in my life. Mm. I went wow. to kindergarten and I came back home 
And during kindergarten, you know, you have your stuff that you do with the teacher and they're getting, you know, they want to know about you and get all these different facts about right. you. And so what's your mommy's name? What's your daddy's name? And I'm like, yeah, wait, pump the brakes. Hold up. What's a daddy? Oh, so wow. when that's I how, came home, yeah, I came I home. Okay. I came home and literally the first thing I asked my mom, how was school, baby? Like first day, how did everything go? What's a dad? Had no clue. Wow. Um, it just wasn't something that was brought up much around my house, right? So right. you have this this um, figure that's not in your life that's supposed to be a foundation of your life. Right. Um, and that's really why I'm so passionate about what I what I call father forward, right? Mm. I love that. Everything I that we're that. moving, man. This is a divine hustle. God's got to be in it. Everything that we're moving towards, um, we have to be setting the pace you're gonna be yeah. a father pretty I soon i know i'm like man like that speaks to me so much <laughs> yeah. because you know i'm gonna be a dad in, in a few few weeks here you know so like to to live a life of being a father forward like i, I was very blessed i mean i was adopted mm -hmm. as a kid but i was very blessed to be adopted into a, a an amazing family yeah. right I, I grew up in a christian home my dad like he he absolutely sh showed love to me he raised me. He taught me a lot of things. And since he's a lot older, he's 82 years old now. Mm -hmm. And he, he raised me kind of like an old-fashioned way, you know, like open the doors for, for ladies. You know, treat treat older women like your mom. Treat younger women like your sisters. You know, and that's the mentality we, we don't really have nowadays. But I had a, I had a, uh, a great father growing up, but I didn't know my, my biological mm -hmm parents you know and that was kind of rough for me when i was a teenager yeah you know because it messes with you identity crisis yeah. identity you know depression sets what was it like for you growing up so you know the only thing that i knew about my dad was that he played professional football oh wow so um I didn't know that until I was about like right around nine years old. Mm. I was playing golf at the time because my grandfather was kind of my father figure. Right. And his thing was golf. So he played golf at Penn State. A lot of oh, the guys wow. that he played with went to go on to be in the Masters and stuff. And so he had three girls. And yeah. once that happened, it set his life a little bit different where he couldn't be out on the golf course all that. Right. So I saw some of the bitterness and resentment of him not achieving certain goals because mm. he had to be a father yeah and he kind of threw that shade on the girls um that's, growing up yeah. and, and it, that's not the way you want to live your life so really what ended up happening is i was playing golf because he was kind of shaping me into that and then i found out that my dad played football and i was like i'm done with this game right? <laughs> like i want to go out I mean, there i want a father you know yeah. i want to be able to be in my father's footsteps yeah uh and so I, I focused all my energy on on sports at that time. Wow. But with that being said, um, my mother was at Phoenix First Assembly at the time. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. And I was baby Jesus in the Christmas play. So what wow. she did is she committed. She knew that she wouldn't be able to do it on her own. Right. And even though she was alone right. here, she understood that God was with her. Right. And she needed assistance right she needed to help her she needed yeah. a comforter she needed the holy spirit to be able to guide and direct her every yeah. move and how she parented my sister and i and so with that being said i was always in the church mm. but then once i got into football oh, man. what happens you have you have practices all throughout you know 
all throughout the week. Right. And then Sunday is football day. Mm-hmm. So my grandfather ended up getting season tickets for us to go to the Cardinals. And this was back before they had a stadium in Glendale. And it right. was literally like you're outside in the heat. Like no one was out there at Sun Devil Stadium, Frank Cushfield. It was terrible. Right. And they they were garbage. So like <laughs> it was it was it was fun to experience professional football, but it really probably wasn't professional football back then. Sure, back yeah, in the nineties. It was a different age back then. <laughs> but all that to say, you're getting to a place where football became my priority. Right. It became my pursuit. Right. And so church became the back burner. Now sure. I would still go to church, but it was more of a oh, I gotta go and like what time is this service going to end? Because I got a game to get to eight days out of the week. Yeah. Because they weren't going eight days out of the out of the month. Right. No, it wasn't the month. It was uh, four weeks out of the month. Yeah. No, eight, eight. Eight days out of the season or whatever. Oh, gotcha. Okay. For the season football. So, yeah, that's right. Um, I'm going to it. And, like, that was my thing. I was always looking, like, when, uh, right. when, when am I leaving church yeah. so I could go to football, to the real so thing. The I real wasn't life. exactly like, that was, that was kind of like your your priority. Yep, and like your your mind was so wrapped around football that it became like your god. And it was because I wanted to prove my dad wrong, mm. or maybe prove myself right that I am his son. Right. There's a there lot was, of different there, yeah, reasons. There's like a lot of mental gymnastics when it comes to that. Like even being a Filipino family. My my family was like, you're gonna be a nurse, and I'm like, I love I love filmmaking, I love <laughs> yeah. art, I love photography, you know. Music. There's stigmas, right? Yeah. There's a lot of stigmas, and like for you, like growing up, I'm sh- I'm sure it was like, well, I never met my dad, and like if I if I'm just good at this thing, you know, maybe maybe it'll prove. It, it was a very much like proving to your, mm-hmm. your parents, proving to your dad, proving that you're 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 qualified. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so I I end up having a, a pretty good you know career before high school, being in Pop Warner and all these different things, and then it transitions to high school where now I'm really not wanting to go to church, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you got I mean, friends, you got ladies, you got yeah, you know. everything takes priority and precedence over going to church, and yeah. even like the youth group and everything like that. So from 13 to 19 years old, I actually wasn't in the church at all. Mm. Uh, super self-serving, going after whatever I wanted to go after. Yeah, Heard a lot of people in the process, didn't care because it was all about myself, right? So um, ended up not understanding how to treat a woman. You talked a little bit about it in the, in the beginning of yeah. this podcast, right? Uh, your dad showed you those things. Right. And that's what I mean by follow forward, right? It's, it's there giving you that wisdom. When you look at Proverbs, right. this is Solomon, oh, yeah. who's been getting such wisdom from, right. from his father, David, mm-hmm. but also his mother. So you get to a place where parenting is very important in order to shape your worldview and how you start to handle things and deal with it. And that was something that was no longer in my life. So right. from 13 to 19 years old, I set the Bible aside, took the spikes and the and the cleats. So yeah. I got involved in track and field, football, everything, um, and basketball a little bit. And that was my focus. Yeah. I really wanted to be able to make it out and be on the big stage and do all these things. So what what was your mentality during that season? I mean, was it for like if I like winning winning games? Was it for the trophy? Was it for the 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 uh the kind of like the the f- local fame 
or what was it? So I love football because it's a team sport yeah. and it really takes everybody. Yeah. Everybody's got to get it right. Everyone's got to do their job um, in order for it to succeed. But I fell in love with track and field. Right. Uh, I was actually at the end of my career, was a three-time state champion, okay. broke a whole bunch of records. Some wow. of them still stand at the school right now. And um, it was it was me, mano and mano. Okay. Personal records. Yeah. Always trying to figure out how to be able to um, beat the time. Like times don't lie. Right. Like right. time is Numbers constant. Don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I knew based on how I slept, what I did. If I went out partying, maybe shouldn't have done that when I was a kid. My kids aren't going to do it prayerfully of uh, <laughs> gonna instill that to them but knowing how my body responded when i would go back on the track right. i could figure out man maybe i shouldn't have ate that mm -hmm. maybe i shouldn't have drank that maybe i should have went to bed a little bit earlier in football you can kind of get lost in the shuffle of i'm right. just out here i got my pads on like whatever sure. you don't really know i caught the ball i ran but in track and field it was all time it's all performance it is it, so i like, could right when that gun went off i could tell man i was a little bit lag a little bit today yeah um and so with looking at what it was i felt like i was paving my way in being able to prove mm. that i could be someone right. i could be something right um that i wasn't just another statistic that is you know you don't have a father and you're probably going to go to jail if you don't yeah. have a father you're going to have bad grades you're not going to be able stats. to all the all the different stats that come from it right so yeah. um have a kid out of wedlock all these different things right mm -hmm. and so i just wanted to prove that i could beat the statistics right and that's really what my focus was um so in that time what was the turning point for you like you said from 13 to 19 yeah and and then like what was that transition like when did that all change yeah well, change occurs in most cases when everything falls apart right and for me it was a surgery wow um i had to have hip surgery at 19 Oof. years old and so um Oof. tore my labrum and I had aspirations at the time. It transferred from going to, you know, the NFL to running in the Olympics. That, that was what I wanted to do. And so had London Circuit Law on my, lap, uh, on, my, on my map for 2012. And then I had, you know, Rio de Janeiro. I wanted to see the Christ Redeemer statue, all these different things and all these goals. And um, really started focusing on that. Uh, trained with the Great Britain and Canadian um, national teams that then would come so in town. You were about to pop off. Yeah, I mean, I was doing all the things I needed to you're do. You're on track. For great <laughs> news. Literally, <laughs> literally, right? Um, Dad jokes popping in. I'm so good. You're already ahead of the game, John Mediana. Uh, but, but looking at it, what ended up occurring was um, I just had this pain and the hurdles. I was a hurdler. Okay. So um, yeah, I did tough. high hurdles. So when the hurdles went up three inches for me to go from high school to pro uh, and to collegiate ranks and Olympics, all that, it goes up another three inches. So during that time, my snap down and everything on my lead leg, trail leg, everything was 
specified for this particular height. Right. 39, 39, 39 inches, um, which is like taller than my kids. Yeah. <laughs> right now. It's outrageous. Yeah. And, and, and so it went up to 42 inches. Ooh. So the 42 inch high hurdles, I, I started feeling some kind of pain yeah. when I was going up over them. I mean, to, to everyone, that doesn't really sound like three inches. It's like three inches. But to someone that's been doing it for 39 inches and that's kind of like your, yeah. your muscle memory. Yeah. Right. 39 inches for three years, just focusing on that. Focusing and having on to change that. that up to 42. Yeah. What was, was that? It, that was in my mind, right? Yeah. Is the discomfort that's coming. Mm is based on me not being used to this. Gotcha. So let's push through this barrier. Let's continue to practice at this height yeah. and let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, and for me, it just never got right. I mm -hmm. had pain that was, you know, going down the back of my leg, thought that there was some, you know, maybe I tore my hamstring, didn't really know what was going on and come to find out through a, a series of different uh, studies um, and going to MRIs and getting things lit up and, and checked out. Uh, that I had a tear in my labrum wow. on the inside of my hip. And so basically uh, no one wanted to do my surgery. Like they want to touch me right? Uh, in Arizona because they're risky. like, look, that's a risk. We don't really do this that often. We do this for older guys that mm -hmm. don't want to have a hip replacement. They have an impingement in their hip and they're just trying to be able to walk and play tennis and golf. Right. You want to go to the Olympic, like, not I'm not cutting you open. Yeah. So they referred me to top doctors that were doing it. One was in Vail, Colorado. The other one was in Stanford Medical Institute in Palo Alto. Uh, so I went the Stanford route because he had been doing younger individuals. Mm. Uh, the Vail, Colorado doctor was doing professionals. Okay. Same thing that Isaiah Thomas had. Yeah. Right, um, and right, he's right. really never really been the same since no. he had his procedure, right? Or, yeah. or he was supposed to have it. Didn't let's see if it heals up. And it's one of those things where you just got to get it done. But at that time, when I knew I was going to have surgery, I started searching. Mm. Because everything okay. everything else was, apart. Yeah, was quiet. So right. these are my dreams. These are my aspirations. And now I'm watching them kind of fade away. Who knows if I'll be able to get back to were you Were you angry at that time? Like, because... Well, I talk to a lot of people that 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 go through that kind of transition, not not as 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 crazy or intense as, as that, but like, you know, they they fall out of a relationship or they 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 got they lost their dream job or something like that, yeah. and they just get mad at life, at God, mm -hmm. you know, at themselves. They they fall into like a, a spiral, you know, and it's it's really hard to get out of that. What was it like for you? Like, what, was it anger or was it just like? This is where I'm at. I got to figure out a solution. Great. So because of the foundation that my mom had set with me being in church, I knew where to go. Mm. Um, and knowing where to go and knowing where to turn in those times is everything. Yeah. And for me, it wasn't that I was mad at God. It was, okay, if not this, then what? Right. And huh. at that time when I was not... 19 years old 13 and 19 i didn't meet my dad till i was 19 guess wow. what became i was no longer going to in my mind be on tv and my dad say that's my son right i'm gonna reach out to him right i was in a position in a place where i wanted to return to the father right obviously my heavenly father and get back into church which i did mm -hmm. which has changed my entire life yeah 
but reconnecting with my earthly father. Yeah. Even though I didn't make it the way I wanted to make it. Right. And so it was a position in my mindset where I was never upset or frustrated. I was like, if not this, then what? Mm. And it, it takes time to to assess those things. Or, you know, we want to talk about divine hustle, moving, 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 yeah, moving, yeah. moving. I was at that place where I was just moving, moving, moving. There was nothing divine in it because I wasn't placing God mm. as a priority. So it was just your hustle. It was my hustle. And, and you get to a place where you fall flat right. on your face and right. you got to pick yourself up. Yeah. So you fall flat on your face and you have to pick yourself up. A lot of people say, oh, I picked myself up from right. my bootstraps. I'm a like, self-made man. Yeah. I'm a- no, 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 no. It, it, takes, yeah. <laughs> it takes a village to raise a child and it definitely yeah. um, takes more people to, to make a, a better human. Yeah, right? Because ultimately... Everything, your mentality of where you're at is developed from something, from yeah. someone, from, from you know, whether it be, like, your heroes growing up. So, like, those, especially, like, I don't know about, like, fitness, like, athletes, fitness, they're, like, I'm a self-made. They write it on their hands and stuff, self-made man. But it's, like, wait a minute. Who who are your heroes growing up? You're yeah. not self-made because you, you took a part of them. You took a part of your, your mom. You took a part of, you know, your upbringing. Your upbringing is the one that that developed uh, the the atmosphere of, yeah. of where how you would grow and you know uh, you know so it, it's just fascinating to me that people would uh, uh, like tell themselves like oh, I'm self made I did this by myself yeah and it's like wait a minute you know no you did it yeah you know and just recently we lost one of the legends man and and being from L A and I, I was wrecked like let me tell you I, mm. I was a wreck we're talking about mamba mentality we're talking about you know everything everything and you were talking about uh earlier before we got on the show about how he was more than just this athlete you know his mentality like usually when people leave or like when people are done they they really get into a a a difficult mindset you want to speak to to that a a bit yeah i i think you know you you talk a little bit about being from LA, well, I'm from Phoenix, yeah. so you know those two <laughs> things don't mix with Suns oh, and Lakers, yeah. right? Oh, no. uh, oh, Kobe, man. love you, man. Uh, you I, bounced, I, you bounced Phoenix so many times out of the playoffs and, and broke it's my like heart. A, a hate, hate, love relationship love, that you got here. Yeah, but <laughs> a lot of times when you see athletes leave, yeah. leave the game, yeah. leave their love, there's a decline, right? Mentally, physically they kind of go into this downward spiral. Right. And sometimes athletes stay in it too long. I felt like Kobe did everything with his career at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Like he left that talk. Right. He, he, he didn't see points. the decline. Like he didn't really see, like, you, you know, we, we look at like, um, we, we look at Tom Brady, right? It's time to go, man. <laughs> like I'm just saying. Yeah. So so knowing like, knowing when when to pull away, but then he pulled away for a purpose. Right. And that's what was so amazing about Kobe and, and watching a lot of the memoirs that are going on right now. It it talks about basketball, but really it was all about family. Mm. At this yeah. the reason he pulled away was for family. Yeah. And you can see him being this father 
and the way that he talked about loving his girls that like transcends everything else yeah to where he had a purpose when he stepped away from the game right and that was to plant roots for his family that's true and when i'm looking at this man you know talk about his girls and how much he loves them and and you look at the last game and him winking at his wife and all these different things it's like that's why he pulled away right was to position himself to provide for his family in a way that they didn't see him 82 games out of the year mm -hmm. they didn't see, they weren't able to travel with him and now yeah. he could focus on family i caught a video of him talking about why he takes helicopters and the reason why was because he couldn't get to the practice in time and also get home to see the kids and spend time with the kids fast enough especially in la traffic so he's like man helicopter took me 15 minutes to get to the game to get to home mm -hmm. because he did and he specifically mentioned that the time that he spends with his kids in the car is the most precious time like he didn't want to miss out on that he didn't want to miss out on them growing up without seeing him mm -hmm. so and he also had mentioned like he would never ride in the same helicopter as Vanessa, his wife, because that that alleviates the chances of both of them ever. Wow. I felt like he he kind of already not knew, but he lived every single day like it was his last. Yeah. And that was very inspiring. And like as I look about this, like just tragic, heartbreaking weekend, man, like and I, I'm literally spending every morning, every day. I'm like, man. That mama mentality, that that father mentality, the one that's like, I'm gonna put it all out. He's like, I, I don't believe in lazy people. They're not on this level. Like, I don't understand them. I don't yeah. want to understand them. Yeah, that was a different type of hustle. That was a different type of mentality. Now, when you're talking about being a father, one of the questions I have for you was how do how do you raise children? Because you got you're a father of three, yeah. you know, and you got an awesome, beautiful family. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, ooh, if I could have, man, you're I could there. just be a, a fraction of what. You know, you're there, you're there. <laughs> you know, I just look at that and I'm like, man, it's really hard and difficult in the culture that we live in today and the and, and the the things that are out there, the things that are happening in schools, the things that are happening around the world, you know, how, how do you focus as a father and father forward and, and all that? So for me, you always have to look, you always have to look for the good. You know, talking about Kobe Bryant, there's people out there, it's one way or another, right? People who are far from God or don't believe in God, agnostic in this position where um, they're atheists or whatnot, they're piping up in arms saying, how could God, how could, how could you believe in God and a God allow something like this to happen? It's evil. It's not right that someone would die before their time is up, this, that, and the other. And then you have the other people who have this hope that are like, no, like if he knew Jesus, which there's some things out there that are looking like the man loved God yeah. and yeah, loved I've heard people. Some interviews, man. And we have hope. Yeah. Right. And so with being a father, I found myself feeling inept many times. I feel like having a child is the great equalizer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter how 
uh, confident you are in your career and what's going on in your life. All like it doesn't matter what pay grade you're on, what yeah. what class level you're in, where you live in the world. Like when you have a child, everything changes. Wow. Yeah. And it's the great equalizer of it all because you're in a position in a place where you no longer are able to be selfish. Right. You're no longer to only think about yourself. Right. And you get to a place where now you're responsible for another life. Mm. And there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now where people are like, you know what? I don't want to have kids. I don't want to bring them into a lot of Christians are saying, you know what? I don't want to have kids and bring them into a world like this. It's so evil. It's so, well, man, if it's so evil, we need to spread light, right? Like we need to be having kids. We need to be getting to a place where we're raising them right. Yeah. Because if we're raising them right, then who knows what they might be able to do to this world that's dark. Right. I mean, you could, we could turn off all the lights in this place. It would be pitch black. The sun's down, this, that, and the other. We just need one ray of light. That's it. And you'd see. That's it. And so my thing is we need to be rooted and connected into the body of Christ to be able to understand how to properly parent. And that for me, parenting and being a father and being able to do it when I didn't have one. Right. How so many people get caught up in, well, my life was like this, 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 and that's their excuse. Yeah. I'm looking for the good in everything. Yeah. And I have to, Yeah. I have to look for the good in why my, why my father, maybe not why my father wasn't around, but the fact that he wasn't around, Mm. I have to look for the good in that. Because yeah. maybe there were some things and cycles in the way that his mind operated that would have destroyed me. Right. Or maybe there's some things that I would have brought into my family that need not be there. Right. And so I get a fresh slate. Wow. I love fathering. I love parenting. I love being able to, you know, people always talk about like your wife being a ball and chain. It's like, no, bro. <laughs> like I get to live now. Oh, I get yeah. to go out there and actually I get to do my thing yeah. with the one that I want to be with and Confidence not worry about it in the morning. Like, yeah. oh man, did that really happen? I mean, I can't believe like, no, no, <laughs> no regrets. Like Nothing. you're, you're living you're now. Living, you're living literally to the fullest and in, in, in the fullest of what you need to be. Yeah. Because now you got accountability. You got someone that you get to enjoy life with. And like, what what do you got to say to those people that are like, oh man, I don't want to be tied down. I don't want to, you know, I'm just going to lose myself. Like, you know, I, I love my freedom. Yeah. Right. Like you want to, you want to talk about tied down. Okay. So, so my dad, great. Right. Awesome story played, you know, came, came from nothing, played in the NFL, had a, had a surgery, you know, was out of the NFL, worked his way up from nothing from the business ranks and did really well. And has become, you know, a very good entrepreneur and and life comes at him very quickly and he's able to handle it. But four boys, never been married. He had his type, that blonde. All of our moms look like if you look at them, all of our moms (laughs) look alike. Exact copies, but different to You know, 5'10 to 5'11 with Mm. blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, this, that, and the other. Cheekbone structure, everything, all very, very similar. He's 60-something now and has a high schooler. 
Mm. You want to talk about being tied down. You mm. want to talk about being being in a position where you're spread so thin because you have this girl with that kid and this girl with that kid and this girl with that kid and this girl with that kid. And now you're in a position in a place where you're pulled so many different directions. Right. That's being, so man, ultimately, I, like the, that's you know, being tied yeah. down. When, oh, when you when you really get when you really get to the position of of what it looks like, man. I, I say this all the time, and, and I don't want to take this a different route, but we could talk at a different time with you know homosexuality and this, that, and the other. But the main purpose of sex is procreation. It's not pleasure. Now we get pleasure from it, right? But it's procreation that's a byproduct byproduct of it right that that's the main point of it first command ever given fill the earth subdue it with the knowledge of god mm -hmm. so when i'm looking at these things it's like yo you want to tell me that i'm tied down i'm living righteous because i'm in right standing with god i've done it the way that he's he's designed, designed like it yeah, that, that's, that's, and that's how it's it. designed. And you're in a position where it's not our job. It was never our job to define what is good and what is evil. Right. If you think about it in the garden, you look at Adam and Eve. Right. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. Take from that. We're nev we were never in a position to know, to, to decide right, right. what is good and what is bad. Right. God decides that. Right. We leave that in his hands and yeah. we say, okay. It's like with my kids, it's like, because I said so. That is like the, the worst, worst thing ever, right? Because you want to know why. Mm -hmm. You want to know why. You want to know why. And I used to and ask like, why all the time growing up. Which is great. That's like one of the best mom. questions you can ever ask. And it's actually a lot of brain power for a parent to have to go down those steps mm -hmm. with you. But it's worth it. But going. at the end of the day, yeah. it's like, because I said so should be enough with God. Mm. And you might not find out why. We might not find out why Kobe Bryant left this earth. But what we're seeing, how can you look at the good in that? Look at all these people that are coming together that oh, are, are remembering that mentality, that are saying, yeah. you know what? I want to rise from the ashes. If he did it, I can too. There's this difference that comes about from, from a situation that looks bleak. Right. But you can have hope in that situation. Right. And, and look for the good in everything. Right. Right. I love that. I love that so much because... A lot of people will be like, well, and I think it's a selfish thing, like, you know, especially being being a guy that's like, man, like, I, I just want to do things that I love to do. But it's like, wait, God, there's a designer, mm. there's a creator, right? And there's a purpose in your life. And the things that you want to do may lead to this destruction that he never intended for you. Like, he, <laughs> God never intended for you to, to go down, like, this path of, like, destruction like he knows what's going to bring you life he knows what's going to bring you happiness he so knows good. because he's designed you yeah all right so ultimately when you're you're when you're fighting that naturally is like well i don't i don't believe in god and i i believe like the how what's your measurement of good what is your measurement of evil what is your measurement and if it's not not going back to the designer of mm. the universe the creator you know and and the way that that he's intended things it, it's going to be really tough to go through life finding purpose and meaning and all that stuff so I, I want to change gears a little bit um as we come to kind of like the the end portion of this this show and talk about like you, you where you are now uh you're a worship leader mm -hmm. right at city light church shout out Jabin and shannon pastors <laughs> love y'all 
Uh, <laughs> how did how did you get there? Because like you, you're into sports and football. Did you, such what, a great question, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Did you discover that you could sing at a young age, or was it like, yo, I just feel like I just feel like singing, and then when you did it, you're like, I sound real good. Because <laughs> let me tell you, like, pipes of gold. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, how did how did you get here, bro? That's it, right? So. 19 it, go, it goes back to the story at 19 years old had this hip surgery everything was put on hold wow. end up reaching out to my father found him on google no way found my dad on google shout Ooh. out google thank shout y'all google um, does making do good things man, I guess. <laughs> bringing families together google google brings families together so find my dad on google literally just do like an image search and i i saw a picture of him holding me in the in the hospital which was like wow. one of the last things i was like okay i'm just gonna like age that photo in my mind until a time where i think this would probably look at him google search his name go to images and just people hardly ever go past page one bro but i was like deep in that thing <laughs> like, like 20 30, yeah 30 come on 30 ask me something <laughs> okay so i found him he had a business out here in las vegas literally oh, wow. call it uh click on it Call the phone, receptionist answers, hey, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm the long lost son of the CEO of the company, blah, 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 what? Hold on. I got put on a, I was, I didn't know if she was like going to give me an air pan or whatnot, because, you know. Straight up, elf storied. Yeah, elf Elf. storied. Hope you find your dad. Hope you find your dad. So, literally leave this voicemail with this girl or message, and my dad calls not but two minutes later. So, he calls me and is like, I booked a flight for you to come out to Vegas. You have younger brothers out here. They want to meet you. Da, 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 da. Wow. It's a one-way trip. You're going to just come out here. So I go out, meet my dad. And, and I wasn't trying to meet my dad for anything other than just, Closure. I just had this surgery. Like, I don't want nothing from you. Don't need anything from you. I'm, I'm about to have this surgery, rather. I don't yeah. want anything, need anything from you. But I'm really like, you know, you never know what happens during surgeries mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was yeah, I was really about cautious. to go under and I, I just wanted to be able to meet him and all these different things. So comes down to me having the procedure. Uh, there's a whole story behind behind that. But um, end up going playing golf with my dad. Like I said, I stepped away from golf. Yeah. Going back he, into it. When I meet him, he tells me. He tells me, man, son, golf is the greatest game ever created. I was like, dude, if I would have just known that, like, I would have been playing golf and like maybe been the next Tiger Woods. I found out you like football. Tiger West, yeah. Tiger West. So, so you you get you get to a place where things are just so funny. Story with that though, we were playing golf and his phone rings real quick. I know you asked me a question, but his phone rings, and I miss it because he's like, get that, get that. I miss it, and I see on his phone in the call logs, he had called me earlier, and he had me saved in his phone under contacts as Weston Hill. Well, my mom changed my last name back to her maiden name, which was my grandfather's name, which was Deal. So I grew up my whole life as a Deal. Oh, wow. So I asked my dad a question. I said, it says Hill in here. How does it know that your, how does it feel to know that your firstborn son doesn't have your last name anymore? And that hit him like, that's a cut, a haymaker right to the stomach. And I wasn't trying to be rude. I just wanted to really know, like, yeah. how does that feel? And he started crying, like, reminds me that, you know, I was never there for you and all these different things that occurred. Mm. So in my mind, I wanted to dedicate my firstborn child to his last name, which was Hill. 
So all of my children were Hill, and I just got a name change for myself and my wife wow. to be Hill. So wow. the Hill thing okay. is a new thing. That's crazy. Yeah. A new thing in the old a thing. A new thing in the old thing. Come on. So uh, old name, new thing. So with singing and yeah. worship leading, where that got to is literally when I got back from that trip and I had my surgery. Yeah. Silence. Mm. Phone stopped ringing. I was always the guy that people would yeah. call and be like, yo, where's the parties at? What's going on? Mm. Where are we, where we going to have, you know, this, that, and the other at? Where are the functions at? Right. Da, 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 da. Where right. are the girls at? Where are this? And I'm like, phone stopped. I was out of commission, so I was no longer mm. needed Yeah, you're no for longer... them because it was all self-serving, right? So you right. really find out who your friends are when oh, you yeah. get in a, in a tough situation, seasons, right? Yeah. So, so there's silence now and I'm literally on the CPM machine that's moving my leg for me. I couldn't be weight bearing for a while. Right. So had this procedure, had to learn how to walk again at 19 years old and just to take a step again. It was so foreign. Mm. And I remember like being on this CPM machine and just asking God, like, God, like, what do you want for me? Like, this can't be your will. Like, yeah, it doesn't end here. Yeah. It? This like, is like what? terrible. Like my dreams my aspirations and that was exactly it your dream mm. your dream for your life was for you to go to the olympics mm -hmm. that your dad would you know call you his son because right. you made it in sports like he did That's in a different son. avenue bobby boucher that was yours yeah that was your dream are you ready to fulfill my dream for your life yeah i want wow. you to go back to church the church that you were baby jesus in the christmas pageant <sighs> the church that you walked away from at 13 years old and have wow. been living like hell for the past six yeah. years and aren't going to have anything good to say about those mm. six years wow. and what you did and who you hurt and how you've lived in complete sin and self self-serving i went back to church through a series of different steps and while i was there um I was having a conversation with God. And I think oftentimes people can come to church and just go through the motions. But I was there asking questions. I was very observant. I was tuned in. We talk about divine hustle. Well, I was on, I was not hustling. I was literally at a stage in my life where everything was put on hold. Mm, divine wow. hold. <laughs> divine hold. Changes the name. So that hold caused me to really think mm. and search and ask yeah seeking you shall find situation right. right 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 and i remember being in church and i was asking the question i was like god why am i here like what is the purpose of all of this yeah. why am i here what is the purpose of all this why is everything placed on hold for me to get you want my attention you got it yeah if that's what this was for you got it yeah when I asked him, why am I here? And he directed me because the church was a really large church and I was up on the wing of, um, of one of the side wings of the church and I had a vantage point to be able to see the people mm. in the congregation. And he directed my eyes to the men. Mm. Some of them had their phones out during worship. Um, they were sitting back. They were sitting down. Their wives were standing up, worshiping with their hands up, receiving from God. 
they were on their phones probably looking at NFL Sunday Ticket or ESPN or something like that. Engaged. Just weren't engaged. Weren't engaged, disinterested. Mm. And it was almost like spotlights on all of them. Like everything was like spotlighted. Like all the men just yeah. kind of popped out to me. Yeah, yeah. And God told me, I need a strong man of God to lead worship in this house. And I was like, okay, like, what does that mean? Like seeing, like be on stage, like, and I need a strong man of God to lead worship in this house. Many of these men don't understand how important worship is mm. for them to father right, their right, families, right, right. to lead their families. Worshipers would go before the battle. Right. They were on the front lines yeah. because they were declaring mm-hmm. who their the God victory, was yeah. and their victory. Mm-hmm. And that's what allowed the presence of God to move forward right. and be able to win the battle. Right. And so you see King David, he's like, I need a strong man of God like King David to worship in this house. And I was like, you know what? It was so clear, bro. It wasn't wow. an audible voice or anything like that, but it was just like in my spirit. In I was like, okay, of your being, like this is it. And, it. and I, I literally, I was on crutches. I crutched down to the, after the service was over and was like, Hey, I don't know how this thing works. Like to sing or whatever, or what you call this. Um, but like, how do I get involved? Like, what does that look like? And the girl looks at me. She's like, Oh, it's really weird. Like that you're asking. Cause today we have, um tryouts like vocal tryouts <laughs> that same day that same day wow at three o'clock come back here's the song that we're going to be doing um i had never heard it before it was like hill song mighty to save oh mighty yeah. to save. yeah yeah you never heard that song no before? dude on, i was gone man. out of church from 13 true, to 19 okay. what you try to do so right. i had never heard the song at the time uh and i literally just listened to it over and over and over came back sang it like just like boy joel houston <laughs> and uh <laughs> um and uh the next week that's insane singing that's crazy the next week wow i don't think that any church should really do this because my life wasn't right at the time <laughs> but singing the next week at the young adult service on a on a midweek that's crazy so these people who had been reaching out to me like hey you should come back to church were like dude you just came back to church and now you're like Part leading yeah, worship yeah. At, at the church. It was crazy, but yeah. my whole life. So for the last 10 years, um, that's what God has directed me. That's insane. And, and it's changed and transitioned a little bit yeah. um, to a, a different course. Right. Um, but worship will always be a, a fabric of who I am because yeah. of those moments and, yeah. and how God spoke to me so clearly. And it, what's interesting is I hardly ever have girls come up to me like oh that was so beautiful like that was such a great song like blah 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 it's always the men like bro i don't know what it is wow. i can't really put my hand on it wow. um but i relate to you somehow like you're some type of athlete type this that the other yeah, like yeah. you're an archetype of a guy that i look like i would hang out with yeah you don't sing That's like God's you don't favorite. sing the highest of high notes and all, all these right. different things but like i feel like I, you're leading me like yeah into something you're relatable like god's god's used the favor of your relatability to men and to lead men mm-hmm. into what god's called them into so yeah. you're you're like this this vehicle for god and that's what yeah. he was trying to show you throughout your whole life and what he was trying what he was actually really trying to do and we call me and my wife Britt, we call this uh the setup 
<laughs> it, we we call it a setup. Every time like like you're going through life and you're you're in this season, like maybe you're a pro athlete and you're like, I'm doing this for me. You're actually doing it for God. Come on. At the end of the day, he's using what yeah. what you went through to achieve what his goal was was getting a respect from men. Yeah. And and, and that relatability with men. And like the thing that you know, man, crave is like, man, I need, I need a bro like you. I need, I feel like I could just hang out with you. I yeah. feel like we could just go crush it at the gym. I feel like we could just go have a good time, and you have that relatability. Yeah. And then you get to, you get to become a person of impact, meaning you're impacting them in a way where you're showing them like what it means to live a godly life, yeah. what it means to live in that divine hustle where it's 100% God, 100% you, and you're living out the 200%. Yeah. So that that's amazing, bro. And I know we could talk for hours and hours, and we're gonna definitely have you on the, sure, the show sure. again. But, bro, thank you so much for coming out, man. Sharing your story, sharing appreciate like it. your heart, sharing this yeah. lens, man. And we absolutely appreciate it, bro. So I just want to say thank you for tuning in. And um, if you want to follow Weston Hill, Hill, man, that's I can't believe that. <laughs> like I, I would yeah, never thought. Really I would have never ever thought. But if you want to follow him. Where can we find you, bro? Yeah, just go on Instagram. It's Weston, W-E-S-T, zero, zero, and Hill, H-I-L-L. And we're going to put it in the description below, so go check that out. And if you are new here, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And we're going to continue bringing you know uh the the insight and pursuing god's greatness in your life and if you want to connect with us go to divinehustle.com and if you want to help us out creating uh, more content that's geared towards you our audience and our tribe go to divinehustle.com backslash quiz fill it out it's only six questions and it's really easy fill it out send it over so that we could create more content more podcasts more shows that's geared to what you need in your life to help you live the greatest life you can and if you want to follow me your host john mediana i'm on instagram twitter all that stuff linkedin whatever at john mediana and we'll connect soon all right man thanks for coming out we'll see y'all later see ya